now tuned in to the World Class Hoops Podcast. And now, here's your host, Chris Rouse. What's good, everyone, and welcome in to a brand new edition of the World Class Hoops Podcast here for Thursday, August the 5th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Rouse, coming to you from my hometown of Chicago, Illinois, getting ready to give you the latest updates on 2021 NBA free agency. Also going to do a live check-in on what's going on with some of the latest reports around the league and NBA free agency. Also, maybe an NBA Summer League update. Also, USA Olympic basketball last night, this morning, the men with a win against Australia in the semifinals, able to advance on to the gold medal game. And then later tonight, the USA, the women's team, they will have their matchup in the semifinals as they too. They'll go up against Serbia, and I'll break that down as well later on in the show. But once again, remember, you can follow me. I'm your host, Chris Rouse. You can follow the World Class Hoops podcast on social media, first on Twitter at WCHP Media, and also available on Facebook at World Class Hoops Podcast. And of course, on YouTube as well at World Class Hoops Podcast. And also the World Class Hoops Podcast available on all streaming platforms, including Anchor, Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube at World Class Hoops Podcast. And once again, remember, I'm your host, Chris Rouse. If you want to follow me on social media, you can on Twitter and Instagram right there on your screen at K-I-N-G-R-O-U-S-E 21, King Rouse 21. Uh, the latest reports from NBA Free Agency. Well, earlier this morning, literally, this is the first thing I saw when I woke up. I looked, When I looked at my phone, you know, sometimes when I wake up, I look at my phone just to see what time it is. And the first thing I saw on my phone was Julius Randle. Julius Randle, per, per reports from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, Julius Randle has re-signed with the New York Knicks. As, this is a part of a contract extension. It's a four-year, $117 million contract extension that's added on to what is going to be his last season, as it was expected to be his last season, as a member of the New York Knicks as his contract was expiring this season. But uh, Julius Randle, with a contract extension, four years, $117 million, he's going to stay with the New York Knicks. And honestly, man, uh, first things first, I got to say about Julius Randle coming off of the easily the best year of his NBA career, um, what I got to say about Julius Randle, I'm actually happy to see for, I'm actually happy to see it for him, man. You got to really think about when, when you think about Julius Randle in his uh, rookie year, literally the first game of his NBA career, he, uh, he broke his leg. He had a, he had a broken right tibia. Remember he got drafted by the Lakers. He was the uh, number seven pick in the 2014 NBA draft. And in his first game, they were playing against the Houston Rockets. He, he uh, broke his leg. He ended up missing the rest of his rookie year. Uh, he did get. Remember, he ended up got. He ended up getting traded to New Orleans. If I remember, right. I can't remember if he was traded or if that was free agency. But he ended up in New Orleans, and then he ended up on the New York Knicks this past season and had the best year of his career. Do you see the numbers? All career highs: twenty four points, twenty four points a game, six assists. The rebounds is tied for his previous career high, which he had earlier. I think his second year in the his second year in his career in the NBA. But and then also, he parlayed that into an All Star appearance as well on top of being the 2021 NBA Most Improved Player. So definitely can understand why the New York Knicks felt like this was the move they needed to make moving forward. And it's a great signing for New York. I mean, especially when you're thinking about what's going on around the Eastern Conference. Honestly, I really just think the Eastern Conference overall, they've been doing free agency a lot better. I mean, uh, the, the big free agent signing yesterday was uh, Victor Oladipo. I mean, once again, another, another glorified contract renegotiation as Victor Oladipo goes back to Miami. But for Miami, that's a great pickup considering they've already added Kyle Lowry. They've re-signed uh, one of the more elite shooters and three-point in the three point shooters in the league in Duncan Robinson. They maintain size inside with Dwayne Dedman. They get a contract extension for Jimmy Butler. They have Bam Adebayo under contract until uh, 2025, which is also the same thing Julius Randle will be as well. 
uh, Julius Randle, much like Bam Adebayo, they both will have player options in uh, 2025. But much like much like Miami, or sorry, much like what I'm about to say about New York, Miami putting it together as well, looking like they're going to try to make a run. And I'm noticing that a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference, they're really aligning their contracts, the contracts of these uh, free agent signings around what Milwaukee has done. I don't know if that's on purpose or if that's just that, you know, if that's just how it played out, but it's, it's perfectly aligned with what's going on with Milwaukee. Chris Middleton, contract due in 2023. Chicago has uh, Nikola Vucevic. He's doing 2023. Chris Middleton. Uh, I'm sorry, Drew Holiday, player option, 2024. Chicago, they have uh, DeMar DeRozan. He's signed to 2024. Julius Randle, he's now going to be signed to 2025. Miami, they have Duncan Robinson for five years. Kyle Lowry has a three-year deal. Uh, some of the other teams in the East, uh, Philadelphia. I thought Philadelphia did a great job of adding shooters. You can say what you want about Ben Simmons maybe needing to be traded and maybe the trade package. Some of the rumors we heard about the trade packages they've offered. But I thought they did a good job of keeping shooting on that team as well by keeping Danny Green, keeping Furkan Korkmaz, and then also adding George Niang from Utah. George Niang, a very good floor-spacing three-point shooter, as we saw in uh, Quinn Snyder's system in uh, Utah this past season. Washington, the Wizards. Washington Wizards add Spencer Dinwiddie. You add another score around Bradley Beal. You add shooting via the draft with Corey Kispert. Also, Contavious Caldwell Pope and Kyle Kuzma, depending on how you feel about those two guys, respectively. But you add shooting around Bradley Beal, and then you add Montrez Hero, who gives you some more energy. Adds a lot of energy to this Washington Wizards team. And so I think Washington, along with Miami, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia is trying to stay packed. I think the Eastern Conference had a lot of teams that really did that that did really well in terms of setting themselves up to try to catch the team that right now is the class of the Eastern Conference, and that right now is the Milwaukee Bucks. Also, uh, the Toronto Raptors. Right before I got on the show, the Toronto Raptors added uh, Ishmael Wainwright. He's a wing from uh, he attended Baylor. Uh, he went to Baylor for uh, college. But he's he's out of France. He's gonna be. He recently played for uh, Strasbourg in France. Average eleven a game. Uh, I don't want to say a three and D guy because I mean, I think he's more of a slasher type scorer. But he is very he is uh, very useful on the perimeter. So once again, Toronto adding sort of going a different route. Not not really going the big free agent route. Going with uh, Scotty Barnes in the draft, and then now they add Ishmael Wainwright. We'll see what happens with him. And then also Toronto um, cutting a lot of contracts too. So. I saw they you saw they let go of DeAndre Bembry, Aaron Baines. So really trying to sort of re- restructure what's going on up there in Toronto with the uh, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam. I'm still I'm still in amazement they passed on Jalen Suggs. I thought I remember going on air that day saying I thought that was going to be a slam dunk Suggs to Toronto, but they instead went with Scotty Barnes. So Toronto, uh, let, let's see how their approach works. They didn't they didn't like I said they didn't go the free agent route like we saw sort of with Chicago with New York kind of keeping some guys to Miami, adding people as they Washington, Toronto sort of trying to add through the draft or build through the draft. So we'll see how that approach works out for the Toronto Raptors moving forward as the uh, 2021 NBA free agency work rolls along, man. I'm getting excited for uh, NBA for the NBA season to tip off. But uh, right now NBA summer league is going in, is in, um, is going on right now in California. I know they have the uh, Sacramento summer league going on right now, but uh, the Vegas summer league begins next Monday. Uh, I haven't really caught a second of the summer of the uh, Sacramento Summer League yet. I was planning on getting to that uh, tomorrow, actually, on the World Class Hoops podcast, here, right here on the World Class Hoops podcast, much as I plan on getting to the uh, USA women's uh, matchup versus Serbia. Going to do a recap of that, as well as getting to uh, NBA Summer League 
right here tomorrow on the World Class Hoops podcast. But for now, we roll right into the Olympic coverage. And we go to Team USA's victory against Australia, the men's Olympic semifinals recap, as Team USA with a 97-78 victory as they defeated Australia. Now, look, I know, I feel like every time I get on this show, I say the same thing. USA, look, USA with a blowout victory, but that win was not as close as it appeared. Team USA up a 19-point win to advance to their fourth consecutive gold medal game. But uh, Australia led 41-26 in the second quarter with 5.23 to go, but after that, Team USA went on a 48-14 to run that spanned from that 523 mark in the second to the end of the third quarter. By the end of that 48-14 run, Team USA led by 19 going into the third. They were sparked by Kevin Durant, who pretty much kept them afloat throughout much of that first half. I mean, they, they had a very rough shooting start shot 0 for 10 from three-point land in the, first, in, the first, in the first half up until Devin Booker knocked down the three, and Devin Booker would end up adding 20 points in the ball game, I have more on both Durant and Booker later. But for Team USA, they they get the win, 19-point victory, fourth consecutive gold medal game appearance for Team USA. And uh, like I said, man, a typical <laughs> typical game for this Team USA roster. I mean, <laughs> uh, this is their third consecutive victory after trailing by double digits in the first half. Uh, they see on the screen, they, they trailed by 10 against both Spain and the Czech Republic. Now, against Czech Republic, it was it was a lot earlier. It was twelve to two. Spain. It was Spain. It was a little. It made me a little bit more nervous. I remember thinking Spain might do it. They were up. Uh, they were up at one point. I think it was forty-one twenty-nine. And then Australia. So actually, I think it was twelve, not ten. But uh, so so Spain had it by. Uh, yeah, they. I think they led by like thirty-nine twenty-nine or something like that. And then Australia, they led by fifteen. So USA once again overcoming a big first half deficit. Uh, Australia. Look, the the score is. I think the score is very misleading. Australia was actually putting in work in that first half. I mean. I got to show Australia some love. They shot 7 of 15 in the first half from three-point land. Uh, Dante Exum was actually perfect. He shot three for three, had 10 points. And also, they were actually kind of beating Team USA in their first in their, in their own game. They had a 13 to 0 edge in the fast break points. But like I said earlier, came down to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant in that first half really kept Team USA afloat. Uh, he finished the game with, with a um, game-high 23 points. Uh, you see, there you see one of seven from three point from three point land for Durant. You could argue maybe he was part of the cause why they, why they was why they were struggling because remember, 0 for ten from three, and you see he uh I think he was 0 for five from three in that first half himself. But uh, Team USA able to turn it around, and I think a big reason for that was actually Devin Booker. Devin Booker in the first half, I mentioned they were 0 for ten from three point land. I know, I know, I've probably mentioned about three or four times, probably as much as I mentioned Demar Derozan like right before he got traded the other day. And then, but uh, Devin Booker's three, it got them on the right track. Followed, that was followed by Jason Tatum three, and that actually ended up leading to the 48-14 run. You see Booker ended with 20 points in the game. But not only on not only just what he did on the stat sheet, Devin Booker on both ends of the court really made a difference for Team USA. I thought he, he was the catalyst in swinging this game for Team USA, he, not only with making the three, but also in the second half, just his on-ball defense. Just constantly harassing Patty Mills, constantly hot, constantly harassing Chris Goulding, who was who was also knocking down some threes. Dante Exum, Devin Booker's his his defense on the perimeter, and also his ability to force a lot of the guys from Australia into turnaround jump shots. He did a great job on both, uh, just really just staying poised, staying with his men on defense, and forcing some tough shots and change. And he really changed the complexion of the game, much like we've seen with Team USA in their last few games. I mean. They get down. They get out to these rough starts. They had they had the same thing happen against the Czech Republic. They clamped down on defense, much like they did against Spain. 
And much like they did probably in that final three minutes of the first half against Australia, and then they, they come away with the victory, and now they're on their way to the gold medal matchup where they will go up, they, well, they will meet the winner of France-Slovenia. And earlier today, France was able to beat, to beat Slovenia 90-89. to 89. Now, on the screen right now, you're looking at the uh, numbers for some of the Slovenia players. Luka Doncic, he has 16 points, 18 assists, and 10 rebounds. Mike Toby added 23 points. But Luka Doncic, a triple-double in the Olympics, unfortunately in a losing effort, and actually probably one of his, probably the, his worst performance of the tournament, actually. So he had a hit in what you, can, what you can probably say is his worst performance of the tournament because he shot 5 of 18, 5 of 18 from the field in the ballgame. He puts up a triple-double. But unfortunately for uh, Slovenia, it came down to the wire. Uh, France was led by 25 points from Nando DiColo, 23 from Evan Fournier of the New York Knicks, who I mentioned earlier. And then Luka Doncic finishes the Olympics with an average of 24 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. So he went Russell Westbrook. He averaged a triple-double. Luka Doncic averages a triple-double in the Olympics. But unfortunately for Slovenia, the highest scoring team in the Olympics, they will not be playing in the uh, gold medals game. They will be participating in the bronze medal matchup as they will go up against, um, I'm sorry, they'll go up against Australia. This was, an, this was an epic ending. What happened down the stretch, I was going to get to it. I was trying to build it up for you guys. But uh, it got down to the wire. It'll be, t- it'll be Team USA. They'll go up against uh, France in the gold medal matchup. But it came down to the wire uh, for Slovenia as they had a, uh, it was a play at the rim. I, I can't remember. I think it was uh, I think it was propelling. I forgot. I forgot how to say his name. It was propelling or something like that. He was driving to the uh, propelling. Propelling. That's what his name. Clement Propelling. He had a he had the ball. He had 17 points in the ball game, and on his drive to the rim, a chance to win the ball game with no time left. He had eight. He was going for points number 18 and 19. But Nicholas Batum. Nicholas Batum of the LA Clippers and also a friend, obviously of the France national team, with the game saving block, with the game saving block, and as a result, France with a ninety to eighty nine victory, they move on to the gold medal matchup. They will meet Team USA to play for the gold, and that matchup will happen tomorrow at eleven. Uh, so I'm sorry, tomorrow at ten thirty p.m. Central Time. So Team USA versus France. I'll have a full preview of that right here tomorrow on the World Class Hoops Podcast. Much as I will have much the same as I will have the recap of tonight's USA women matchup against Serbia as they will play in the women's Olympic semifinal USA going up against a Serbia team who defeated uh, China as they were able to win uh, 77 to 70. They had 14 steals in the game led by 37% from three point shooting. They're also led in this tournament by Jelena Brooks, who's averaging 13 points a game in the tournament uh, the key for team USA in this matchup, I think is going to come down to the three point shooting and the reason why I say that, honestly, simply because Serbia in their matchup against China pretty much had one of their better matchups. I mean, Serbia, you see right there in the tournament, 35% from three. That's fourth in the tournament, but a little bit misleading. They only shoot it about 60. They only shoot it about, uh, they've only shot it about 60 times from three-point land in the tournament total. So for Team USA, the reason why I'm thinking this is going to come down to three-point shooting is because of Serbia's ability to cause turnovers. They had a 15-10 to 10 advantage in points off turnovers in the matchup against China. In the uh, in the quarterfinals, they had 14 steals, and a lot of that happened in the second half after they got into a bit of a rhythm. They did a great job of going up against Han Zhu, who was six nine for China, so it gives them a little bit of practice of going up against the size of Team USA, which would be led by Brittany Griner, Asia Wilson, 
and Brianna Stewart. And I think that's where Team USA will have the advantage. Brianna Stewart right now, she's been lighting it up, have 40 po- has 40 points in her last two games with the uh, 23 against Australia in the 17 in the final preliminary match before that against France. But uh, for, for uh, Brianna Stewart, I mean, she's been the key. And I think she's gonna. I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting to see how Serbia matches up against Team USA size. Can they take some of what they had against Hans Yu for China, from China, and uh, use that against Team USA? But also, it's gonna come down to their three point shooting. Serbia fourth in the fourth in the tournament in three point shooting. Shot a shot above their percentage in their last matchup at thirty seven percent. Team USA second in the in the tournament in three point percentage, but. They've had some games where they've struggled. I mentioned how Sue Bird had her struggles throughout the tournament. Jewel Lloyd has had some struggles as well. But if they can shoot it like they did against Australia, led by Brianna Stewart, I think they could be. I think they could be on their way to the uh, women's Olympic gold medal matchup. And remember, for Team USA, a 53-game win streak on the line as they go up against Serbia tonight. And we'll see how that matchup ends up playing out. And one last thing, one last key for that matchup in Team USA against Serbia. Serbia has a lot of length on the perimeter. A lot of players that are that are about 6'2", 6'3", that have long arms that can knock the, knock the passes away, deflect the ball. That's what they did in their last matchup against China. However, Team USA also did it did it very well against Australia. One of the one of the things I thought there was one was their weakness coming into the tournament was their fast break defense off of missed shots. They did a great job against Australia, particularly Sue Bird. Specifically, Sue Bird did a great job of jumping in the passing lane, deflecting passes. Made it have one steal in the game, but I remember what play it was. It was on a fast break attempt for Australia. She was sitting right in the middle of the lane and knocked the ball down and stole it, picked it up off the floor. Three-point shooting, transition defense. Once again, sounded like a broken record with some of these recaps, but Hey man, these the Olympics. Hey, the Olympics are getting real, man. We're getting down to the gold medal matchups. Team USA versus France in men's match in men's action tomorrow. And Team USA on the women's side, they go up against Serbia tonight at 11:40 p.m. But the winner will face the winner of France versus Japan, and that too is a preliminary round matchup. As France and um, Japan, when they met when they met the first time, Japan beat France 74-70, led by uh, 11 assists from Rui Mashida who later in the tournament went on to have uh, 15 assists against Nigeria in the final preliminary matchup for Japan. Uh, Japan's, Japan's speed, their ability to create offense through Rui Mashida. Also, they have, they have some pretty good outside shooters. However, the thing, about, uh, the thing that can sometimes trouble Japan is France has a lot of size. And Team USA, when they played Japan, did a good job of crowding uh, Japan's shooting spaces, the airspace. With their size, and I think France has a has the opportunity to do some of that, do some of use some of that same strategy as well when they go up against Japan tonight. But hey, if USA if the USA defeats uh, Serbia and France beats Japan, we could be looking at a uh, two USA Japan matchups for gold medals on both the men and the men's and women's sides. So we'll see how both of those play out, and I'll have a recap of both of those matchups as well as a preview of the men's gold medal matchup tomorrow right here on the World Class Hoops Podcast. Bit of a quicker show today than than I expected, so I'm going to wrap it up right here. This has been another edition of the World Class Hoops podcast. Um, one thing I, I did want to say, I'm looking forward to the uh, Malice at the Palace. I did see that they're going to have the uh, Malice at the Palace documentary on Netflix. I am looking forward to seeing that. I remember watching that. I remember all of that vividly. I remember that same. I remember that was a Friday night. <laughs> and I remember, because that, you got to remember, that was November. So that was like that was like four days after my birthday. So 
And I was like, that was like four days. So it was 04. So it was like four days after my 14th birthday. So I vividly remember all of all of what happened around Malice at the Palace. I remember all the media coverage, all the suspensions, the you know, just the nonstop media coverage. I mean, just we had never seen anything like that at the time. So I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the uh, Malice at the Palace documentary. I know that comes out on August the 10th. I'll probably talk more about that as we get closer to the date. But I just wanted to get that out because that has been that's been on my mind ever since I found out about it. And I found out maybe like a week and a half ago. So I'm looking forward to that uh, Malice at the Palace documentary. Looking forward to seeing what plays out with that, as well as all the other games that are going out that are going to be going on. I know I know I look I look forward to a lot of things. I know. But uh, hey, man, what can I say? I like hooping, man. What can I <laughs> like hooping, man. You see, I got it. Got this throwback shirt on. You know, I wouldn't even live at 88, but a throwback shirt on that I bought. But uh, I just 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 love basketball, man. And I just. Sometimes just like to, it comes across on the show, man. So salute to that, man. That positive energy to you all. Remember, you can catch the World Class Hoops podcast on social media, on Facebook at World Class Hoops Podcast, also on YouTube at World Class Hoops Podcast, and on Twitter at WCHP Media. Also available on all streaming platforms, including Apple, Anchor, Google, Spotify, and YouTube. And remember, you can catch me, your host, Chris Rouse, on social media if you'd like to. No pressure. You can catch me on social media at KingRouse21 on Twitter and Instagram. So once again, for another great episode here of the World Class Hoops Podcast, I hope you enjoyed what you heard or saw. Until next time, I'll be right back here tomorrow with another edition. Positive energy to you all. Salute. Until next time, this has been another edition of the World Class Hoops Podcast. You all have a great day. Hopefully you're enjoying the Olympics. You're enjoying NBA free agency. You're enjoying all this hooping going on. I'm going to try to enjoy some AC because it's hot right here in Chicago right now. It's going to be a going to be a 90 degree scorcher today. So I'm trying to get some AC. So until tomorrow, you guys have a safe day. Salute. Positive energy to you all. I'm out. It's a wrap, bro. It's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the World Class Hoops podcast. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Wherever you may be. That's a wrap. 